Hello, welcome to Industry Reactions. Industry Reactions is a weekly briefing on industry events, changes, and future trends that impact your business. We're your hosts, Rick Honer and Mark Friedel from ChemPoint. You can find Industry Reactions on YouTube, LinkedIn, and as a podcast. For those watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button, ring that notification bell, and smash that like button. We plan on discussing issues that impact the global industry and help you uncover new opportunities. We hope this will provide market intelligence that will keep you ahead of changing conditions. IHS Market says its U.S. Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index, or the PMI, hit a record high of 59.2 in January, indicating robust improvement in the health of the U.S. manufacturing sector. However, manufacturers reported significant supply problems, particularly for inputs sourced abroad. IHS Market's PMI data extends back to May of 2007. The December figure came came to 57.1. U.S. manufacturing started 2021 on an encouragingly strong footing with production and order books growing at the fastest rates for over six years. Demand from both domestic and export customers picked up sharply, buoyed by improved consumer demand, as well as equipment purchases and restocking, straining supply lines. Yeah, boy, how frustrating is that? You know, everybody has been waiting for demand to come back. It comes shooting back and there's no material to sell. That's that's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for a lot of price increases as well. <laughs> that's true. And on the complete flip side, when I first read this, it uh, really threw me for a loop. But the U.S. actually lost 10,000 manufacturing jobs in January, which is actually counter to what we were just uh, talking about. It lost 10,000 from January to December, but the chemical industry added 10,500 jobs, according to the latest data by U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, reported Friday. Within manufacturing, durable goods lost 17,000 jobs. The jobs loss in manufacturing ended up eight consecutive months of growth. While manufacturing employment is now up by 803,000 since April, it is still 582,000 lower than than in February of 2020, the last month before the first wave of the coronavirus pandemic struck. Non-durable goods manufacturing employed 7,000 more people in January than it had in December, driven almost entirely by gains in chemical manufacturing. So that's pretty good to see our industry really bouncing back. Yeah, it's good to see our industry strong. Obviously, overall uh, unemployment, at least in the U.S., is steadily ticking down. I think uh, last week, what did they say? 6.3% is what I recall. Um, it's not fully back in manufacturing, but at least the chemical industry is bouncing back strong. Yeah. According to data released by the Association of American Railroads, chemical rail traffic in North America closed January strong, pushing year-to-date volume up 5.7% from 2020 and 5.5% from 2019. The result is consistent with IHS Markets Purchasing Manager Index, which reached a record high in January. On a similar note, the number of drill rigs operating in the U.S. rose this week as crude prices climbed above $55 a barrel. Drillers added eight rigs, bringing the nation's count to 392, according to oil field services company Baker Hughes and Enverus, which provide the weekly tally. 
the industry has just about half of the 790 rigs operating a year ago. U.S. domestic crude oil production should return to 2019 levels starting in 2023 and then remain near 13 million to 14 million barrels per day through 2050. The Energy Information Administration said in its 2021 annual energy outlook, oil prices will be in the primary driver of drilling and production. It's tough for them to predict that far out, but it's definitely encouraging seeing oil prices uh, be where they are. Um, I think they've been over $50 a barrel for at least a couple months now, and there's been a steady climb. Yeah. Eastman Chemical Company announced the company's plan to build the world's largest plastic-to-plastic molecule recycling facilities at its site in Kingsport, Tennessee. Through methanolysis, the world-scale facility will convert polyester waste that often ends up in landfills and waterways into durable products, creating an optimized circular economy. Over the next two years, the company will reportedly invest approximately $250 million in the facility, which will support Eastman's commitment to addressing the global waste crisis and to mitigate challenges created by climate change. It's good to see Eastman take a step forward there. Yeah, they're they are becoming more and more of a cutting-edge company in our industry. All right, and uh, Impossible Foods is cutting prices 20% for 17,000 U.S. grocery stores at a time when its sales are at an all-time high. Impossible Foods plans to keep lowering prices as it achieves new production records and economies of scale. The plant-based pioneer says it will ultimately undercut the price of ground beef from cows. Following that, what Impossible describes as tremendous growth and economies of scale over the past year. The company's cutting suggested retail prices for Impossible Burger to $5.50 for patties and $6.99 for a 12-ounce package. Yeah, this is pretty a, a pretty amazing story. Um, when sales are at all-time high, they're lowering prices. They're really trying to go big. They're really trying to take over the, the beef market. It's amazing. Yeah. All right, and now Univar Solutions is in the news. Um, Univar Solutions and Evergreen have announced an expanded agreement naming Univar Solutions the exclusive distributor in Latin America for Evergreen's portfolio of plant-based protein and fiber ingredients used in food, beverage, and nutraceutical products. The Evergreen product range derived from barley grains further expands Univar Solutions' comprehensive offering of plant-based food and nutraceutical products across Latin America addressing the growing interest and emerging market trends in sustainable food supplies and plant-based offerings. It's good to see Univar in the news. All right, now into some M&A. So Stepin Company announced that it has purchased Invista's aromatic polyester polyol business and associated assets. Included in the transaction are two manufacturing sites, one in Wilmington and the other uh, in the Netherlands, and intellectual property, customer relationships, inventory, and working capital. The business acquired has global sales of approximately $100 million. This acquisition was financed with cash on hand and is expected to be accretive to Stepin's EBITDA margins. It's, it's good to see Stepin diversifying its portfolio. They're becoming, but while there will always be a, a very large surfactant company, it seems like they're becoming less and less of a surfactant company. 
much more on the polyurethanes for sure. Azelis has signed an agreement to acquire 100% of the shares of Kame Chemical Mineral and Engineering in Italy. Kame specializes in the distribution of chemicals for friction and sintering applications, coatings, adhesives, sealants, and elastomers applications, and cosmetics. The friction market covers a wide variety of materials used on large scale in several industries, such as automotive, metal fabrication, machinery, and electronics. Sounds very niche. Yeah, it's a very specific application area. Okay, so PPG has been very active on the M&A front. Uh, the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania-based company acquired Ennis Flint and launched a new business unit called Traffic Solutions and is in the process of procuring Borvag, Versaflex, and Ticarilla. Over the past two years, PPG has also acquired Whitford Worldwide, Hemelrath, Dexmet, Industria Chimica Regiana, and Alpha Coding Technologies, LLC. PPG's acquisition strategy includes expanding their technical breadth in order to better serve customers and create value-added solutions for their business. I can tell you what, it was a mouthful. <laughs> well, seems like they're diversifying into highly specialized products in the, the coding space. Yeah. The Munich-based chemical company Vocker is acquiring 100% of the shares in pharmaceutical contractor manufacturer Genepi from South Korean firms Helixmith and Metavate Partners. Vocker will continue Genopi's existing customer relationships as a contract manufacturer for plasmid DNA. The total purchase price for the acquisition consists of a 39 million cash payment due upon closing, as well as possible further performance-based payments. The acquisition gives Vocker a foothold in the US market. It's a really interesting acquisition for Vocker, who I think of as silicones manufacturer only. Yeah. For sure. More diversification and more specialized. Well, that's it for this week's industry this week's edition of Industry Reactions. We will return next week with a fresh batch. Until then, stay safe. Take care.